This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Lynx and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we are here. Make 18 bets, play 18 holes for this week's Scottish Open. But before we move any further, a reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets, must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text one 800 gambler benny it's been too long you had vacation for a week i had vacation for a week they were not the same vacation so we have not spoken a little bit how are you doing i'm good mate i'm good got some sun a little bit of tan down in uh carbo for me and i know that you had some good time off as well um you know missed a little bit of the golf it's it's interesting when you don't when you don't see all the shots how you feel like you're off the pace a little bit but yeah, you know back in business and ready to rumble as we head for the two-week stretch across the pond excited for some Lynx golf it's one of my favorite parts of the year always yeah absolutely and the weather is not supposed to be great we were speaking with uh john wood from nbc and golf channel on our radio show today he is heading over to the open next week at royal liverpool said yeah unfortunately it's gonna be like a lot of rain sideways rain the wind blowing i go whoa, whoa, whoa. that's only unfortunate for you guys that are going over there for us that are going to be laying on the couch at seven o'clock in the morning watching on tv let it rain, let it blow. And so we're going to get some of that this week at the Scottish Open and certainly next week at the Open Championship, hopefully. And uh, you mentioned the Open. This is, I think, almost a two-week preview a little yes. bit because, quite frankly, the players that you like this week, you're probably going to like next week. And the players you don't like this week, you're probably not going to like next week. I get it. Like, certain things can happen. You look at some ball striking data, you say, well, I think I'm going to pick up this guy, put him on the card for next week. But I would say that for the most part, um, you, you're, you've got some ride or dies for the next two weeks, the fortnight, as they call it over there. Um, and, and the guys that you don't like, you, it, it's going to be tough for them to talk you into liking them just after four days at the Renaissance club, not the Renaissance club, the Renaissance club this week, Benny. Yes, that's it. The Renaissance. Uh, look, you're right. It, it, basically, stats are always important. Season stats are important. Strokes gained is important still. But you do have to think about the fact that this is a different style of golf. This is two weeks of uh, thinking man's golf. Uh, it's also, you got to have some imagination. you got to know where to put it. you got to be able to run it up. you got to be able to do it high, low, around, wind, but pot bunkers. All of this has to be part of your factoring. So, you know, some guys could be, there isn't one out there, but there could be in, in the past a person who was killing it all year but gets to Lynx golf and struggles, right? Like, 
um, that's something you do have to keep in mind when you're looking at these two weeks. And you're right. Look at if if they're not if they're not going to play well, or at least to have the ability to play well, it's in Scotland. They're not going to play that well the following week at the Open either. So it is a certain type of player. Guys that have proven in links golf should be on your radar, um, or guys who you think you know are up and comers and, and might be a surprise. Four players last year finished top ten in both of these events. Uh, Xander Shoffley, who of course won the Scottish Open, uh, Patrick Cantley, um, I just had the other one, Tommy Fleetwood, and uh, Cam Smith, who wound up of course winning the Open Championship. And so uh, there is some um, some trends, some patterns that go from one week to the next. So. Uh, a lot of what we tell you this week, we're going to be repeating for the Open Championship again next week. All right, let's get to it. Playing 18 holes, making 18 bets for this week's Scottish Open. Ben Everell, you're on the tee. Swing away. Well, there's a man that when I was looking at the odds, sticks out because it's great odds to win this week. And I'll tell you why before I get to him. He's a basically a link specialist. He has not won the Open, but should have won it four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always goes to Europe early and dials in his links golf play. Total, 24th off the tee where placement is important. As I said, he's he's proven himself at Lynx Golf, even if he hasn't won it, and that is Adam Scott. Adam Scott is 55 to 1 or thereabouts, 50 plus. Uh, look, the Aussie just lives and breathes this sort of golf, and basically it owes him. <laughs> Benny, Benny, that was all well and good. Uh, you know, some great little anecdotes there and some great stats. Why, why'd you pick Adam Scott? What got you on the radar? Uh, well, look, you may have texted me for the first time in a long time. We normally don't talk about anything pre-tournament, but you did ask me, hey, it's an Adam Scott week, right? I mean, this is, in other words, what you were fishing for, I know you very well. You weren't trying to get me to tell you yes or no. You were just feeling out knowing if there was something untoward that would t- tell people to stay away from Adam Scott, would I let you know? And look, there is nothing I can say that would suggest stay off Adam Scott. So I'll put it that way. Uh, look, yes, Jason Sobel did mention to me prior to this tournament, prior to this podcast, that he liked Adam Scott. So I had to make sure I got in first. But the reality is he is a great number for the talent he is. And we've been talking about him a lot this year. I know he missed the cut at the US Open, but he's been playing really well around that. Um, and we've said many times too, he's just got one win somewhere coming. And it could be the week after. Honestly, he could win the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, like if he, does, if he has a not so good week this week and you can get 50, 60, 70, 80 plus next week, take it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I will tell you about Adam Scott later in the podcast, uh, <laughs> uh for the regular listeners, you know how this works, but uh, yeah, I will get to Adam Scott later. I question for you that was brought up to me, uh, from Michael Collins on the radio show today, which was, do we know if Steve Williams is going to be on the bag for one or both of these weeks? Uh, well, that was the original plan that he would be on for this, uh, for the open. So actually I'm not a hundred percent sure on the Scottish, but I would assume if he's there, supposed to be there for the open, he will be there. That's an assumption I'm making without, um, any real, uh, information because that was just the original plan. Unless something's changed, I didn't hear about, um, then he will be there. All right. Good. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. So again, we'll get to Adam Scott later. So second hole. I will go to my long shot play, a long shot outright that uh, I think has a chance of coming through. A guy who was supposed to be the next superstar from Europe that it quite hasn't quite developed that way. He's still outside the top 100 in the world, even though he has spent time inside that top 100 over the past couple of years. A guy who 
led the Maiden Himmerland event on the DP World Tour this past week, going to the back nine on Sunday, made a triple on the 13th hole, came in on in 39 strokes in the back nine, finished in a share of fourth place. That was disappointing, but I do believe that Robert McIntyre, the 26-year-old Scotsman, is starting to find his game a little bit. At 90-1, to 1, I think that's a really good number. This kid has a ton of talent, and he's certainly capable of winning a tournament of this magnitude, even against some of the world's best players. Oh, mate, I love that. And I'll segue. I'm going to move my little card around here. Um, I was going to give you my long shot, but I'll just save it for a little bit. And I'll go to what is my top 40 play, because I saw that Robert McIntyre was plus 105 for a top 40. And plus money is always good money in a top 40 bet. And I thought that was almost stealing it. Uh, the, the Scottish youngster, still young, which is weird. He's been around for ages, but, yeah. you know. Got plenty of time. The other one uh, I saw in the top 40 market here on the third hole will be the man who finished T6 a year ago. I'm just going with good vibes at the course. Brandon Wu, plus 140 for a top uh, 40 there. So, again, I like, as you know, in the top 40, it's the place I don't go for the chalk. I usually go for the chalk everywhere else. <laughs> but, uh, in the top 40 market, I like plus money. And so Brandon Wu and Robert McIntyre both in the plus category there. Okay, so you move some things around. I will move some things around on my card to get to the fourth hole. Um, I've got a couple of top 40s that are far from chalk as well. Really, I just want to get a couple of these names on the radar of some of the betters out there who maybe aren't paying attention to the DP World Tour on a regular basis. Two young players who are going to make the, a name for themselves worldwide very, very soon. The first is Daniel Hillier, the Kiwi from New Zealand, who in his last four starts on the DP World Tour has a win and two top five finishes. This kid, 24 years old, has been playing some very, very good golf. I'm really impressed with his swing. Like him a lot. And then how about a kid from Northern Ireland who grew up playing at Hollywood Golf Club who has <laughs> won on the DP World Tour before the age of 21? Sound familiar? It's not Rory McIlroy. It's Tom McKibben. Rory's very aware of Tom. They've played together before. He knows him. He watches him. He roots for him. And so Tom McKibben at the ripe old age of 20 years old, I've got each of them for top 40s, plus 190 for Hillier, plus 240 for McKibben. Yes, they're bets for this week, and I want to make them actionable for this week. But uh, this is also a long-term, like, just yeah. getting the names on the radar screen for the people out there who maybe don't pay attention to the global events as much as they do the PGA Tour every single week, Benny. I love that, mate. And, um, you know, some people don't even hear the winners or the contenders on the other tours. So, but to go a little deeper, like you said, ones that are contending that are, that are up and coming young stars, young Kiwi, I, I like that you've got him on your radar because I hear good things out of the Southern Hemisphere on him. I haven't seen much of him personally, so I can't be too gung-ho on him. But the numbers, as you said, are speaking well. And the people that do watch him a lot more often than I have um, are saying, hey, get your eye on him. So... Um, that's cool to see. And uh, also, I, I always like, I mean, the Australians, uh, like your other than yourself, are are usually very good on, on Lynx golf courses. The Kiwis, and I've got another Kiwi that I'm going to mention a little bit here, but the Kiwis, the New Zealand players, usually play Lynx-style golf courses very well. Yeah, as I say, and also, if it gets up and windy, like if they play some of the Lynx-style courses in New Zealand with the wind, it, it's just exactly what they will face, wind, rain, etc., um, should they get into, you know, the UK? So it's a it's a natural progression for them. And I'm pretty sure I know which Kiwi you'll be speaking of. And I've just realized he's not on my card. And that's annoying because I've forgotten about him. But I know who you're talking of. And we've, we've mentioned him many, many yes. times here, I think. Yes. 
Um, or you, you had a long shot, so let me give you a long shot too. And this is weird because you're still 75 to 1, de fact, de, despite the fact he just won. Literally just won. You made the Made in Himalayan event. Rasmus Hoygaard, um, only 22. So I don't think fatigue is an issue for him. And he contended at the Renaissance Club last year. So sign me up for a momentum pick there when you've got big money and momentum going in. Um, and look, you might have heard the name or think you've heard the name, but he also has a brother. I'll get to him later. Okay. Uh, very <laughs> interesting. So uh, I'm going to switch around some stuff here. I've I've got a play here for the sixth hole. I've got this written down. I, the first part of it, okay, I'm, I'm joking a little bit. I've got Nikolai Hoygaard in a matchup <laughs> bet at even money over Rasmus Hoygaard. Oh, I, I feel like even if you lose this bet, you should be able to write to your book and go, no, no, I had the other guy. You got it wrong. And like, you can almost <laughs> convince them they had the wrong twin and that you won the bet. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple different ways to win this one, even if you don't really win it. I, I'm again, that's a little bit of a joke. Uh, the other part of this is essentially, I like both of these guys. You're right. Yeah. Rasmus is at 75 to one Nikolai at a hundred to one, both really good players. Both of them. I, I don't think they are that far off the radar for the European Ryder cup team. And I think it's going to be very hard for Luke Donald, the captain, to only take one Hoygaard unless one of them goes and wins this week or next week. It's kind of, it doesn't have to be both or neither. I mean, you can't just put, like, I'm taking the twin. Which one do you want? I don't know. Just give me one of those guys. They're the same. You've got to take either both of them or neither of them. I, I can see them both playing well over the next two weeks. So I do like matchup bets where you take both Rasmus and or Nikolai over some other similarly priced players but I, I i like the idea of a nikolai play over rasmus i i don't know uh, maybe mate what about just speaking of what about them as a duo at the Ryder cup i mean how amazing as a four ball or foursomes team sensational right like i mean you put them in alternate shot like one of them walks into the restroom and then they come out and it's like wait which one's which i don't know <laughs> like one of them's hitting it really well off the tee and the other guy's putting really well all of a sudden an alternate shot it's like wait <laughs> Is the right guy putting right now? I, I don't know. What are you going to do, a DNA test? Yes, yeah, brilliant. All right, well, that's going to take me to my next hole. I'm going to go to Nikolai. Uh, I had him in the um, play finish, bet three, six, I was play finish market, 60 or better. Um, as you know, we, we lose a bit of juice there. Um, but I, I feel like the both brothers are going to play well. Um, and by 60 or better, it's basically making the cut um, short of, you know, a really bad weekend if you do make the cut. So uh, I'm going to back him to... Uh, Back, back, both brothers are set to play well this week. All right. I I like that as well, of course, because I just mentioned both of them. All right. Eighth hole. I am moving some things around again because I want to do some synergy and stick with my player finishing position bet. And I am stepping on the gas pedal with a guy who I'm telling you he's going to be a star. I know we've said this about Cameron Young and Sahith Gala and Davis Riley over the last few years to varying degrees of success. Ludwig Aberg is... Uh, oh. Yeah, probably better than all of them. I mean, the, the kid finished fourth place at the John Deere last week. I get it. It wasn't the greatest field, but shot a 63 on Sunday. He's really, really good. At 365 has him at 44th or better this week. I have a feeling he's, he's as good on the links as he is anywhere else. I mean, this could be right up his alley. Ludwig Aberg. I mean, essentially, it's a top 40 bet. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him to finish top 40. Yeah, he you're hundred percent right about him being a stud. Like it's only a matter of time. It's it's funny, it's like um, you know, they're just you're just waiting for him to not have the one or two bad holes 
yeah. one round of the week or or two rounds of the week, right? And that all that is is experience. And once he dials it in, and and I mean, we literally it took what it took uh, Victor Hovland a couple of years to finally realize I don't need to fire at every single pin and make that decision. He spoke about that at length after winning the Memorial this this week. I think um, you'll see Aberg uh, figure that out quicker and start to win and win in potentially in bunches. He's by, by the way, I, I think there's a nice comparison to be made right there too, because I watch Aberg and I'm like, "Well, Victor Hovland did him." I get it, two Scandinavian guys, and you're kind of like just basing it on that. That's the best comp that I can find right now, and that's a pretty good comp. I, I haven't got Hovland written down here this week, but definitely, definitely will be on my radar for next week. Just FYI, my favorite guy on the board for next week already. I've already bet him. I'm going to bet him again and again and again next week. Love yeah. Victor Hovland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, all right. What are we at? The ninth hole? Yep. Uh, let me give you a top five play then. I'm going to go with the guy who was T6 at this course a year ago, playing in second gear, playing on momentum only. He was riding the US Open win. This time he's got a bit more determination. He's back. He's got some hunger. I think Matt Fitzpatrick at plus 500 is a good top five option. Um, as I said, look, he's got the form on the board of the course. And that was, from what I remember, not his best. He was just in reasonable form, as I said, leading in. Um, you got to remember, too, all of this, and you mentioned it briefly at the start, the draw is going to be big about this. So, like, if it comes to Wednesday <laughs> evening and you're looking at and you look at the forecast and Fitz or some of these guys are on the quote-unquote bad side of the draw, bail, bail, <laughs> jump. But also don't then write them off for the following week. If they're good links players but they cop a bad draw, You've got to be aware of that. You can't just look at the results at this week, at this fortnight, as we talk about. You can't just look at the result. You've got to put it into the context to get the real view. So anyway, Matt Fitzpatrick, plus 500 for a top five if he gets a decent draw. It looks like, and this is so hard to predict. I mean, it could be blowing 40 on the first tee, and yeah. it could be no breeze on the third green. I mean, it, it just changes that much so quickly uh, in Scotland. But from what I'm seeing, it looks like, windier thursday morning than thursday afternoon windier friday afternoon than friday morning and so the late early draw could have a little bit of an advantage this week just something to keep in mind i don't know that it's as big of an advantage as hey you've only got to bet guys who are in the late early draw the thursday afternoon and friday morning but maybe even if it's a shot two shots difference that that could be a big difference uh for the um for the betters out there so Keep that in mind as we make the turn. Another reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia in the U.S. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we make the turn. We get to the 10th tee, and I will kick things off. Following up on your top five play of Matt Fitzpatrick, I will go with a top five play on a guy who will be his one of his Ryder Cup teammates coming up in a few months. Guy who's playing 
some really good guys. I think the best golf of his career so far. Tyrrell Hatton. He's fun to watch. He's animated. He's emotional. And I think he gets a lot of attention because of that. He doesn't quite get enough attention for good he's been because he hasn't won this year yet, Betty. But strokes gain total, which I, I say all the time, is the greatest barometer of performance that we have. Number one on the PGA Tour this season, Scotty Scheffler. Makes sense. Number two, John Rahm. Makes sense. Four, five, six. In some order, it's Cantley, McElroy, Shoffley. Makes sense. Number three, Tyrrell Hatton. He's playing like the third best player on the PGA Tour. Doesn't have a win yet. I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming in the next two weeks. Top five plus 450 on Hatton. Yeah. The thing with Hatton... Also, too, he's putting very well compared to the rest of the tour. And uh, last year at this this event, the top the top seven or eight, I think, were really high in strokes gain putting for the week. I know that's just one year. I know that's not a huge data set, but it does help that he knows how to roll the rock and it. You know, he's a local, if you will. You know, he knows the conditions. My only ever concern with Tyrrell the week before a major is that's the week before a major. And you know, if he, things don't go well for him from the start. He strikes me as the guy to be like, let's move to next week, right? So right. you need him. You need him to be engaged from the start and have the quote unquote luck go his way early on, and then he'll ride it. He'll ride it all the way and contend, and maybe win, right? But but if he gets that bad bounce or he feels like he's been screwed by the draw or something goes wrong in that first day, then it's a like, okay, I'm a bit worried on him now. But yeah, he's playing fantastic and. It's a bit of an anomaly that he hasn't won this year, how well he's been hitting it. So let's see if he can close the deal. Uh, all right, 11th hole. Let's go to a first round leader play. I'm going to give you two, actually, because I'm going to give you one, as I usually do, one of the favourites who I don't love their over, overall number because it's pretty low and it's a big field and there's so many variables, like we said, with weather and also the fact that there's a major the week after. But this guy is just dead-eye dick when it comes to this stuff, and that's Patrick Cantlay you mentioned before. 28-1 to one to be first round leader. He's fifth tee to green, 20th in putting. He was T4 on the course last year. Um, I think he'll be a contender, all things considered. I don't love his outright numbers, so I'm looking at first round leader and then deciding whether to stick with him from that point on. Uh, the the big number, I'll give you an 80-1 to one first round leader, last year was second after the first round we had Tringali put up a 61 in the perfect conditions and absolutely destroy everyone in the first round last year but the man with a 64 behind him was Gary Woodland so oh. Gary Woodland's about 58th or so middle of the which is you know better than half the PGA Tour in round one scoring average as I said he put a 64 on the board to start last year when I saw 80 to one I thought well he knows the place he's gone low before that's a good number um, all right, I'll go to my first round leader play with the 12th hole here. And you know me, I, I go back and forth all the time. It's like I, I, <laughs> I, I haven't gotten the strategy down on first round leader bets. They're really hard. I will mm. go with a long shot and it'll be one of the big names. So I'll go, all right, I'll go back to a big name and it'll be a long shot. Like we had Jonas Blix last week at the, the John yeah. Deere. I'm going to go with a bigger name this week. I think 33 to one is a nice number. Look, Jordan Spieth loves Lynx golf. And he's a guy that knows how to roll in putts. I think he's a very strong single round investment for each of the next two weeks. If you catch my drift, I think Jordan Spieth at 33 to one for a first round leader play makes a whole lot of sense, Ben. Yes, I will get to him shortly or in a ah, little while. Okay. Um, 
and based on value, like you just said, you're getting value for the field that you have and the scenario you have. Um, all right, thirteenth uh, hole. Here's a top ten. Look, it's not very exciting at plus two hundred, uh, but I really love where this guy is going, and I and I really hope he cashes in as he returns to the next four, I think, major venues where he's played really well before. And that's Ricky Fowler, 200 in form, obviously just won eighth tee to green, 30th in putting. He can win this weekend next. He's a former champ of the Scottish Open, if I'm not mistaken. Not obviously at the Renaissance, but there you go. Um, yeah, I just think that he's in that sweet spot of a chance. Like, he's this is it, man, for him. He's got the next year, you know, or whatever it is to to try to get a major. And I I, I feel like he's in a great headspace. As I said, he just won. Um, and this is a, a place where I think he can contend. So I've got him at top 10 plus 200. Yep. I, I love that. If I didn't have the following player um, for a top 10, it would probably be Ricky Fowler in this spot. But instead, I'm going with a guy who last year uh, finished fourth place in the Scottish, fourth place in the Open Championship, loves Lynx Golf. And he's coming into this one much better, much hotter than he was at this point last year. Tommy Fleetwood is yeah. playing some terrific golf. He just yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. He's doing everything really well. I think uh, I went back and I think off the tee and on the greens, he's gained strokes in seven of his last eight. And with his irons and around the greens, he's gained strokes in six of his last eight. I mean, that that's it. That's golf. That's kind of everything right there. If you're doing all those things well, you're going to have some good results. He's been top five in three of his last uh, three times in the last two months. And so uh, top 10 on Tommy Fleetwood is it's honestly almost too conservative at plus 220. Yeah. You know what? I love that. It's so funny. We get fickle in this business and in golf or whatnot. Like I, I had every reason to love Tommy. I love Tommy. I picked him to win the travelers and then that's his missed cut. And I'm like, Oh, I've jinxed him. I don't know. And it's like, you almost forget about everything that they've done well when they have one bad week. Um, and that's, Bad news on my part, not on his. He's still playing sensational golf. And uh, maybe he'll play well because I didn't back him this week because I was the jinx uh, when I did pick him. Uh, so we'll go to – I'll give you a top 20. Play. This is, so here's a guy – it's funny. It, this happened to me with um, Tony Finau a lot where it the results were there. It was clear that they're trending, playing well, they're getting better. And yet I just couldn't commit to admitting that they're good. And I don't think you can underestimate this guy anymore. I mean, clearly you're going to laugh when I say this, but he just won the US Open. Wyndham Clark, or a top 20 at plus 160. Oh, I, I keep thinking, oh, it'll it'll fall away. Oh, it'll fall away. But he was T16 a year ago. Mm-hmm. Back up as top 20 on the same course, plus 160. I think he's riding the wave, much like I said Fitzpatrick was a year ago at this event. I think that he could you know, with his B-plus game, I think he'll bring finishing the top 20 again. Wyndham Clark is better than I personally have been allowing him credit for. Yeah. Uh, no, he's he's a very, very talented player. I agree with that. Uh, I'll go to the 16th hole, my top 20 play. Ben, you mentioned earlier that you wish you hadn't forgotten the Kiwi. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I got you. I'll mention him. Ryan Fox, a guy that we talk about a lot on the podcast. He has been very, very steady and consistent in earning his PGA tour card this year. And he's a guy that plays some of his best golf on links golf courses, won the Alfred Dunhill links championship last October. In case you don't know the Alfred Dunhill links championship is played on links golf course. I just wanted to point that out to everybody in case <laughs> you weren't catching on to that. So Ryan Fox top 20 plus 250, really nice number. 
Yeah, he's a he's a good dude, and yes. he he is one that does slip under the radar a little bit for most people. Then he turns up every every sort of big uh, European event and he's contending. So I love the fox. Well done. I missed him. I can't believe I missed him, but there it is. All right, so my winner. Now look, we haven't even mentioned Scheffler and Rory and all these guys and whatnot at the top of the boards. Uh, too short for me the week before a major. I just can't do it. So I was trying to look at a guy who still had a little bit of juice, if you will, at his number and can potentially win. And then I saw that Bet365 have boosted him to 25 to 1. And that is the boy we mentioned earlier, Jordan Spieth. Look, he's an imagination overload player. He's built for Lynx Golf. He's a former Open champion. He's the best odds value of those near the top for what he may be able to do. As I said, um, I like Hovland, but shorter odds. I like um, Cantlay, but way shorter odds. You get Spieth at value here, right? And also, weirdly, I think Spieth is more inclined to actually go for the victory this week, if that makes sense. Whereas the others might be trying to build their way to next week. Spieth to me is a guy's like, no, I'm here to win. I'm going to go out and try to win. Um, he needs a little bit of luck. He definitely needs luck with the draw. If he gets off to the hot start that you are hoping he does, I think he's a decent chance. Um, yeah, based on that, uh, just imagination and having to think and getting himself dialed in for links play, I like Jordan Spieth. Makes a whole lot of sense. I am going after a big number as well. Uh, you mentioned him on the first hole of the podcast. I'll mention him here on the 18th hole of the podcast. Adam Scott, this is amazing. Maybe uh, transcendent and groundbreaking, Ben. You have picked an American to win. I have picked an Australian <laughs> to win. Uh, we're like the Hoygaard twins where we get zapped by lightning in a fountain and have changed personalities. I don't even know what that means. But uh, yes, I've taken the Aussie Adam Scott. And like we talked about, it just feels like it's it's building up to something big for Adam Scott at some point. And I don't know that something big, quote unquote, is going to be a major championship. It could be this. This is a big event now. This The yeah. best players in the world are largely all here with a few exceptions. And so uh, Adam Scott is a guy that had a chance to go to live last year. Look, he fits the profile of a lot of the other players who in the back nine of their careers took the money and ran to live. And you wouldn't have... Uh, blinked an eye if he had done that instead decided to remain on the pga tour but not just remain on the pga tour and you would have thought okay well he's gonna play the majors and play some other big events and that's about it limited schedule he's going out there grinding at places like the at&t byron nelson i mean adam scott is working on his game he's working up to something in a year when we've seen jason day and ricky fowler uh have these resurgent comebacks and find the winner circle again i can certainly see adam scott fitting that trend and at 55 to one, I think he's a nice play. And the last part of this, Benny, if you really want to take a walk down narrative street, <laughs> Sunday, July 16th, during the final round, it's Adam Scott's birthday. He turns 43 years old. Yes, it is his birthday that we got always his birthday. Because I know that because it's almost my birthday we share. We're almost close. I'm the 12th and he's the 16th. And uh, we talk about that a lot during July when we're over there. And as I said, he... He also, as I mentioned earlier, just there's no stone unturned with his loose golf preparation, right? He just, he really hones it in, really dials it in. Um, yeah, he'll be, he'll be ready to play and he'll have his mind switched on. So again, you're talking value, the values there. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, exactly. 55 to one. Look, if you're just, if it's pick a winner and we've got Ovlin and Hatton and Fleetwood and Spieth, Ricky, all at the same number as Adam Scott, I might not take him, although I still might. I, I, I like yeah. him this week. I just like yeah. him. But in a number that's 
twice, maybe even triple some of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Scott is a very, very valuable play this week and can uh, make a card. All right. Well, before we go, though, we didn't. We brushed over. We brushed over Scotty and Rory at the top of the yeah. board. What are your thoughts? Come on. Why Why are they not going to win this week? It's just, for me, the number's too short for me. I mean, it's I can't go after a guy who's uh, six and a half, seven to one, seven <laughs> and a half to one uh, at a golf tournament where, Quite frankly, we all know Lynx golf. You got to get a little bit lucky playing yeah. Lynx golf. Yeah, you've got to be good. Yeah, you've got to hit to the right spots. But at some point, you're going to have a ball up against the lip of a hot bunker and you're not going to be able to get out of it in two swings and uh, it just kind of ruins your chances. And so uh, I just don't want to play any favorites that much. What about you? Is there? Do you like one of those guys more than the other? Uh, if I had to pick, I'd actually go Rory, even though he hasn't proven that he's playing, you know, he hasn't proven to be at back at his best and and – his closing has been abysmal of late. Um, but the reason is, is because Scheffler's one real weakness is sand. And if he ends up in sand in the next two weeks, and that is ends up being his weakness, then that's a problem for him. So look, he usually hits it well enough that he doesn't get in there that often. But the problem is there's more of it in Lynx golf than anywhere else as well. So, um, and the number is just too short. I don't see, while we've seen Scheffler make a big run from way back at the Memorial, where he was 100 to 1 before getting close to winning, and, um, you know, in other tournaments recently where he's made the jump after slow starts back towards that top 12 streak he's got going, uh, I don't think he can necessarily do that if it's blowing a gale in the middle of nowhere, Scotland. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not as easy to do as it might be at some of the uh, PGA Tour events. By the way, very interesting, at least in a couple of the books that I was looking at. Scotty Scheffler, the favorite. Rory, number two on the board for this week's Scottish Open. Rory, the favorite. Scotty, number two on the board for next week's Open Championship. I, look, I I don't have a problem with Scotty being the favorite. I don't have a problem with Rory being the favorite. I find it very interesting that one is the favorite at one of these and the <laughs> other is the favorite at the next one. Maybe there's some futures money that's come in on Rory over the last six months where uh, Rory's been bet down to that number, which is really the only thing I can think of. I don't know why uh, why they'd be different favorites at such similar events because we're talking about this being essentially a two-week preview looking into each of these events. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I'm not I think either people, of them. Yeah, I think that people want Rory to win the Open after last year. That's yeah. as much as anything else. I think that you talk about narrative and we love that. And, and, you know, it's sometimes very hard for a lot of us to not bet with our heart, you know, to bet with your head, not your heart. And the heart for a lot of people was they all thought Rory had it last year. Um, and to be fair, it was taken from him by Cam Smith, who just went and got it. Um, and that's been Rory's problem of late. He hasn't, he's been putting himself in the position, but when it's been there to be taken, he hasn't taken it. And he's going to have to find a way to go up that gear um, if he wants to get another major championship. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So uh, that is all we got for this show. Remember, you can find the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week during the entire PGA Tour season. For Ben Everill, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's Scottish Open. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.